Praise God. Well, um, before we pray one more time for the word, uh, if, you, if you'd like the notes to follow along, uh, raise your hand. You don't have to. There won't be a test or anything, but it might help you uh, to follow along this way. I usually do them in Times Roman, and for some reason it came out this way. And um, so we'll go with it, right? It's still English, still makes sense. So um, praise God. Before I, before I do, I, I do want to share, I, <clears throat> a lot of times before a, a meeting, I'll ask the Holy Spirit what's on His heart, and what are you doing, Lord, in a meeting? Because I figure if, if I can get little glimpses into what's on God's heart for a meeting, and if we step into that, then that's a good thing. And so I, driving to the, to the building today, I asked the Lord that, and I, and I felt the phrase that the Lord wants to help us to dig in, to dig in. And I immediately got a picture of a mountain climber climbing the, a sheer face of a mountain. And so I'm totally the opposite of a mountain climber, but the picture of <laughs> picture a mountain climber and then me on the other end. And, but they, they, well, what they do is they have like spikes in their, their boots and they have these... And to get up the sheer cliff, they, they, they pound spikes in and they put little, like I guess their rope so they don't fall, right? Or if they fall, it catches them. Are you all following that picture? So it was a picture of, of believers today, the Lord helping us to dig into the rock so we can climb the mountain of the Lord. And the picture was at the bottom of the mountain was a, was <clears throat> were myriads of believers in Jesus Christ who were, it, this is all a, a, a picture that um, Rick Joyner had years ago in a book he wrote called The Final Quest, but it was a, a picture of, of, of multitudes of believers on the, on the bottom of the mountain. They were Christians, but they were bleeding and depressed and beat down, and, and so and so the encouragement is, as we ascend the mountain of the Lord today, as the Lord helps us dig in, Jude 24, he, to him who's able to keep our feet from stumbling, the Lord's going to help keep us from stumbling. And then when we get to the top of the mountain, the Lord has food and medicine and wonderful things for us to then take back down the mountain to give to those who are bleeding, sick, hurting, depressed. It's a calling I'm inspired to think about today, and I want you to see the picture with me. Let's pray. Father, here we are. We're thankful for the great salvation you've given us through Jesus Christ, that our sins are forgiven. We've been given a new nature, a new heart. You took out a heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. And Lord, we're here today in the middle of the summer with so many things we could be doing. But Lord, we're here to meet with you. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to dig into the rock, which is you, Lord Jesus, the rock where our lives would be built on it, where our feet would not stumble, even as Kyle prayed earlier, Lord, that you would deliver us from the things that would trip us up that we would be steady, steadfast, and we would ascend the hill of the Lord. That you would give us 
not only for our lives, but for our families and for the lost and for the multitudes of believers who need what you have for them. So here we are today, Lord. Would you speak to our hearts? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, actually, I think it was, we were coming back from our vacation slash mission trip to Israel and England and uh, heading to the airport in London, uh, I felt like a phrase dropped in my spirit uh, from the Lord that was this phrase that it kind of summed up the things God had done on the three-week vacation slash mission trip. It kind of was like tying a little bow on our time there, especially in Israel, and it was the phrase, prayer matters. And I had the impression that almost, that there was right then that there was a double meaning to it, that prayer matters, meaning prayer makes a difference, and then prayer matters, that there are certain prayer matters that we can bring before God that He wants to answer. So there are, so prayer does matter. There are prayer matters in that there are certain things that if we pray for them, God will do them. Prayer matters. Certain things, those, other, those same things, if we don't pray, God won't do them. And so we talked about that last week, but I had a little follow-up from last week. After the service, I opened my email, and I got an email from someone in Israel uh, that related to a testimony I gave last week that um, in specific... The, the ideas that, that I had been praying by name for this mother and her daughter, uh, the daughter's name Talia, teenage daughter, and the mom's name I now know is Tammy, that six years ago, they're, they're Jewish people, Jews that came, went to Israel from uh, the United States, and they had not received Jesus as their Messiah. But six years ago, I shared... The, the truth of the good news of Jesus with them um, because I really felt led to. And, and they did not receive. In fact, the mom said, I, I, I will not receive what you've told me because if, I'm afraid if I do, my family will disown me. So the Lord has led me the last six years. Every Tuesday, I take a day and and try to fast. I do some form of fast on Tuesdays, and, and it's for Israel. And I name these two people by name every Tuesday, virtually every Tuesday for the last six years. I just say, Talia and her mother, Lord, would you encounter them? Well, lo and behold, a couple of weeks ago, through the grapevine, I hadn't seen them there, but Norma, who's sitting here, Norma said that, that she talked to someone who, who knew of them, and Nobody knew I was praying for them, but the, it came down that the news came to me that Talia and her mother have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And how would I know? I didn't even know, tell anybody that somehow the, the news got to me. Three years ago, they received the Lord. And so here's what the, the owner of the bed and breakfast wrote me, because he's friends with them now. He says, I was so blessed to hear how you have been praying for our dear friends. Yesterday, I told her and her mom that you have prayed for them weekly for the past six years, and her mom started crying. 
It meant so much to her. Their salvation is the fruit of your prayers. Prayer matters. We so appreciate all that you have sown. Unfortunately, I can't send a picture. They don't allow their picture to be taken and are staying off social media and the internet for security reasons. But they were blown away by your love for them. Love and blessings to all Heim. I love that. They were blown away by your love for them. Every time you pray for someone, you are loving them. Nancy Green leading our prayer chain, every time you don't just say pray for them, you write out a prayer, that's love. Kyle, every time you put up a prayer need on these screens in our prayer room, that's loving people because you're taking time out of you and your world to pray for somebody else. And so prayer matters. It makes a difference. Testimony gives me fresh faith. And for anyone here today who has someone who's not a believer and you're praying for their salvation, God hears your prayers. God wants to move. He wants to save you and your household. Let's just keep praying. Prayer matters. Today I want to talk about the second meaning, and that is prayer matters. Things we can bring before God in prayer that he wants to answer. Now, there are many, many matters that we can bring before God in prayer that he wants to answer. I think about the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Jesus, by shedding his blood, he provided for, through his sacrifice, the meeting of every need of the human heart was met at the cross. Every need both now and for eternity. It's called full salvation was provided for us at the cross. That means every need we have physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, materially, all those needs have been met by Jesus at the cross. Someone counted up in Scripture there are over 8,000 promises of God. And every one of them, as a Christian, you have a right to claim them. 8,000 prayer matters you can bring before God. In addition, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. And so think about that. Anytime you are anxious about something, that's a matter that God wants you to bring before him in prayer. Be anxious for nothing, other side, but everything by prayer. There are other certain scriptural callings that God calls his people to, to pray for specifically. We did one today. Beverly did it today. 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 4. We are called specifically to pray for our government leaders. Psalm 122, verse 6. We are called specifically to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. The peace of Jerusalem. I could go into a whole teaching on that, but my point is there are lots of prayer matters we can bring before God. But today in particular, I feel the Lord really strongly putting on my heart to call us as a church to pray for three prayer matters in specific order. It came from a video that I came across off YouTube a couple of weeks ago, and it exploded in me. The three things that this man shares where he had an encounter with the Lord, his name is Bob Jones, 
He'd gone on to be with the Lord, but he was very strongly used in prophetic ministry. I'll just stop there with that. If you want to learn more, you can go to the, the internet and look up his, his videos. But I wanted, I think, I can't even share it as well enough as, as to have Bob Jones share this. It's about three-minute clip, and it's, a, I think, an interview in 2009, where he talks about an encounter that he had with the Lord, and listen to what the three prayer matters God gives him are. It's just so exciting, and we'll look at these then after that. Go ahead. Then he got ready to leave. He said, dear friend, would you pray some prayers to me so I can answer them? That was sort of a shocker. The first thing he asked me to pray was Psalms 12, 1. Help, Lord, for all the godly men perishes and no man lays it to heart. You know, he was saying, there's not any dread champions left. They're all dead. I believe it's the 89th Psalm and the 1921st. David was a dread champion of God. Many of the dread champions of the church, really begin back here in the 1900s and other places, they're gone. He wanted men and women that would champion his cause on the earth. Well, some of you may not have known him then, but he started dealing with certain people at that time that are going to be the leaders of the church. They're not going to be novices that's going to be lead. These are going to be dedicated men that have been tried in the fire. For you're chosen in the furnace of affliction. There are both men and women that's ready to come forth. And if you're not one of them, then you're going to be one of them that follows them. For he's going to raise them up. He's been doing that ever since then. Then he asked me to pray again. Pray that the church's faith faileth not, and I help their unbelief. He was saying, I'm going to keep giving them tokens all along. When they begin to get beat down and everything, I'm going to let everything speak to them. And give them tokens that keeps their faith going. So if you look back in your past, it's when you felt that everything was gone, something would just spur up in you. Nature would happen and things like this. And it would keep your faith from feeling. And it would help you overcome your unbelief. The last thing he asked me to pray for. Will you ask that I will release power to the church? He said, I'm going to do it in the order you prayed. Amen. Three things in order. In the order that you pray them, the Lord will do them. And that's many times something you can look at. When you read a scripture and there are, th there are things back to back, you kind of ask yourself, is there a progression well, in this case, with these three prayer matters, there's definitely a progression. Well, what struck me and got my attention right away was how was the way that Bob Jones shared that the Lord asked him to pray these prayers. 
he said, he said, first he said, dear friend. I want to be a friend of God, don't you? He said, dear friend, would you pray some prayers to me so I can answer them? But he's God of the universe. But the way that sounds to me is the God of the universe has a deep desire in his heart. I would, you might even say there was like a longing in his heart for Bob Jones to pray these three prayers. And it was as though the Lord was tying his hands behind his back, saying, I long to do these things, but I'm not going to do them unless you ask me to do them. Think about that. I'm, my, my, it's like the Lord's tying his back, hands behind his back saying, Josh, I need you to untie my hands. Would you pray these three things so that I, the Lord, can then move? And so I began to think, if there are some things like this that he's longing to answer, then I would, it would be ridiculous of me to not pray those things, Right? And so I believe there's real life on this. And so I want to challenge us as a church to pray these three things. I want to challenge them to be on the prayer chain. I want to challenge our prayer, our prayer room to put them as a slide. If I could, I'd say everybody get a T-shirt, put it on your car, buy billboards, you know, the whole thing, because I believe God wants to answer these. And I don't know about you, I like things simple, I like things that make sense, I like things in order like that, so, so it gives me a track to run on. So let's look at these, they're in your notes there. First, pray for dread champions to be raised up like King David. That's what he shared. He said, the Lord encountered Bob Jones, said, pray Psalm 12 verse 1, it's in your notes. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. He used the phrase dread champion, and I looked it up, and I finally found it in Scripture. It's the New, New American Standard Version from Jeremiah 20, 11. It's in your notes. But the Lord is with me like a dread champion. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will be utterly ashamed because they have failed. So Jeremiah is saying, the Lord is un being unto me as a dread champion. So when we spend time with the Lord, we're not the source of being the dread champion. The Lord is the dread champion through you. Do you all get that? Yes. See, we are, we are the moon, not the sun. When you saw a full moon, wasn't there a full moon a few days ago? Yes. Well, there wasn't light emanating from the moon. Wow, that's a bright moon. Well, actually, the moon was reflecting the brightness of the sun. So the dread champion is the Lord Jesus. When we walk in like Moses came out and his face was shining, when we walk out from spending that time directly with the Lord, then, then we are dread champions. What's this dread champion? Look, it's, he said they're like David, like King David. Look at this, describes King David, Psalm 89. Once you spoke in a vision to your godly ones and said, 
I have given help to one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found David my servant. Now I want to stop right there and say, I think all of us, God's called all of us to one degree or another to be a dread champion, but what's really on my heart is the 35 and unders in this room. Pray the Lord raise up the younger generation to be like King David. So I'm going to read these next lines, and I want Catriel to use, read this for you. I want you to think about this for you. I'm anointing you. I found David, my servant, and all of you. With my, I've anointed you with my holy oil, with whom my hand will be established. My arm also will strengthen him. The enemy will not deceive him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him, but I will crush his adversaries before him and strike those who hate him. My faithfulness and my loving kindness will be with him, and in my name his horn shall be exalted. The sense Bob Jones had and the sense I have was that many of the great leaders of the church are gone. I'd say since 1900. You think about it, 1904 was the Azusa Street Revival. William Seymour, Amy Semple McPherson, who founded the Foursquare Churches, Billy Graham, not here anymore. John Wimber, founder of the Vineyard Churches, which really released his grace and his whole walk onto Bill Johnson and the Bethel. Okay? But John Wimber's not with us. Catherine Kuhlman, Bill Bright, founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, Bob Jones, of course, Derek Prince, Bible teacher. They're not with us anymore. So the first prayer that I want to challenge us to pray is pray for young men and women to be courageous voices for the Lord in their generation. To be faithful witnesses, voices who speak as God puts on their heart to speak. Voices that will speak in such a way that will break the yoke, that will shatter people's unbelief, that will pull people out of fear and into courage. Pray for for dread champions, faithful witnesses who will champion, as Bob Jones said, the Lord told him, who will champion the cause of Christ no matter what the cost, no matter what the sacrifice. They'll say it's worth it. Jesus bled and died for me. And so it's my only natural response to give my whole life to him. Pray for God to raise up ones whom the enemy dreads because of their courage, because of their purity and their holiness. The enemy fears an army that's holy. Pray. They'll be raised up an army. The enemy dreads and ones who are filled with dread fear of the Lord, holy dread for the Lord, dread champions. The enemy dreads them, and they have a holy fear of the Lord ruling their life. And they're champions because they are victorious in proclaiming the cause of Christ. So I think of this. God's looking for dread champions. Today, I would, if, I, if I had a lot more time today, I would, I would camp out on this because 
you know, I'm, I'm going to be 60 pretty soon. And um, uh, I love the idea of pouring into the 35 and unders, to raising up young leaders. How many of you uh, outside that age group are with me on that? All right, amen. We're here for a reason. Bradley, I didn't know. I guess so. You look so young. Still, we're all young, so it's not I'm not trying to divide and, you know, just looking cool. <laughs> What'd you say? Oh, thank you, thank you. Some people I think of today that are dread champions, and I want to pray for, for them today at the end, but um, if you can put up the slides, I think of, uh, I didn't know uh, she would be here today, but Nicole Hudgens back here. She is a, a spokesperson for, um, and I keep it, Family Texas, Texas Values. I want to say family in there, but she, this is her in, in D.C. She's on the, the news, the airwaves, standing up for biblical principles through government. Dread champion. I say that over you. A dread champion. I think of Zeke and Elizabeth. Could y'all stand up? This is their last Sunday here. Their last Sunday here, not because they're taking, they're going to go off and just do, just be away from God. They're going to go start Heart of, Heart of David, Philadelphia. They're going to start and found a school of worship in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Come on. Wow. Dread champions. Dread champions. I think of um, Tanner Jacobs and his wife, Sarah. Tanner is not here today. They have a... Rachel, excuse me. I always get that. Why? Why? Tanner or Rachel. That's him as coach there. That's Lake Travis High School uh, football team. He's a coach there, and he, um, he stands as a, a light for the Lord on that football team and other places, uh, other s- platforms he's been given. Uh, I think of Sam Self, the next slide. He's an eighth grader, soon to be eighth grader at Hudson Bend Middle School. That's him right in the middle. I don't have my little pointer. Um, there's a young guy sitting on the ground there too. <laughs> this was taken, what, last Thursday? Last Thursday, um, that's 12 young men who, ha- who meet for a Bible study before school every Tuesday morning, and uh, they're going for God. The guy, the guy, amen. In fact, the guy on the right uh, named, named Gavin, far right, he's got a torn, he's been in, he got invited to be on Team USA baseball team for a 14 and under uh, select league Five-state area, they chose 30 players. He needs healing in his left shoulder or right shoulder um, for, for that. So, Father, we just pray for Gavin right now, Lord. Is this opportunity for Gavin to be, um, to be a, a lighthouse, a light for you? And so, Father, for all these young men, for Kyle, we, for Nicole, for Zeke and Elizabeth, for Tanner, and for uh, Sarah, Lord, we pray that they would be dread champions, that they would be victorious, that you would anoint them, 
And all of these today whom you're calling, whatever age we are in here, Lord, I, I ask for there to be a stirring in our hearts. Just like we didn't worship that where we, where we sang and we praised. Uh, hallelujah for our Lord reigns. Our Lord reigns. Lord, may we, by the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, may we reign in life. Not reigned on, but reign over. In Jesus' name. Amen. Second one, in this order, pray for dread champions. And then second, pray the church's faith would fail not and that God will help their unbelief. You see, you need courage, dread champion, and then you need perseverance. Courage is the first thing to pray for because without courage, none of the other gifts work. I'll say that again. Without courage, none of the other gifts work because you're paralyzed. If you've got all these gifts, but you're afraid to get up and declare, or you're afraid to lay hands on, or afraid to do these other things, you need courage to then release the rest of the gifts. So dread champions have courage, and then you stay in the battle. Win, loss, draw, you keep going. Jesus prayed for Peter. He said, Peter... Luke 22, he said, I've prayed for you, Peter, that your faith would not fail. And once you recover and make it through, go and strengthen your brethren. So think about it. Get logical with me. Don't throw your brain out in church. God's logical. Why would Jesus pray something that, again, pray that something wouldn't happen if it was automatically not going to happen? In other words, Jesus wouldn't pray that his faith wouldn't fail unless it was very possible that his faith could fail. And so people in the church at that low level of the mountain, their faith is failing. So we are called. Let's pray, church. They're, they're, you know, I'm not a big number thing, but you know people who know the Lord and maybe right now, their faith is failing. Let's pray that. that like like G- Jesus prayed for Peter, that his faith would not fail. Notice Jesus did not pray for Peter that he wouldn't sin. That Jesus doesn't want us to sin, but he knew that Peter in his frail makeup was going to be so disappointed that Jesus gets hauled off, arrested, crucified, and buried. He knew that Peter would be so discouraged that he would then deny the Lord three times to a teenage girl. So Jesus is already knowing in his head, Peter, I know you're going to mess up. But I'm not praying that you won't mess up. I'm praying that when you mess up, you'll rise up and your faith won't fail. And once you rise up and your faith doesn't fail, then go and strengthen other people whose faith is weak and starting to fail. And so Bob Jones shared, he said, God's going to give us tokens as we remember times when God came through for you. How many of you remember a time where God came through for you and rescued you in the past? That's a token. Sometimes it's a supernatural thing. I came back from Israel sharing two specific tokens of people I prayed for in the land that the Lord 
It's used as a token to encourage me to have us keep continue with our vision of having a prayer room. I think of years ago when 10 years ago I was, they were transferring me from the hospital here to a ho- the hospital downtown to do some sort of special surgery because my liver ducts were blocked and I was turning yellow and they couldn't figure out what's going on. We're going to have to transfer you. And I look out the window before they come and get me and I see a rainbow right outside the hospital window. It's in nature. God did something in nature. God, be, think through and realize God's creative. He'll use a friend. He'll use a Rocky movie for me. He'll use, he'll use nature. But remember those times. Even right now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you stir us to remember times that our faith will be encouraged. Thank you, Lord. The third thing he said was pray. He said, will you ask, these are exact words, the Lord said to Bob Jones, will you ask that I would release power in the church? So pray the Lord will release power in the church. Now, there's a lot of things I could preach on, and I'm sure you've heard many, many messages on power in the church. But I think the best thing to do with this is to ask my wife to come up and share a testimony of something that Asher Intrader told us. You know, in our, we had him for about three, four hours in the car driving him to a national youth conference in Israel and um, I know, jealous again? Anybody jealous? <laughs> but he shared with us these stories, and this thing, I was like, honey, you got to share this. Now, Suzanne is a lot better on details than me, so I asked her to share it, okay? All right. So speaking of power uh, in the church, uh, there's a large, large church in Indonesia that was started from one miracle, one physical miracle. And uh, so we were with Asher on the way to the conference. He said, hey, you want to hear a cool story? So we said, yes. And uh, he said, well, um, at one of the meetings that I have, uh, Asher does meetings on Mondays and Thursdays for the international visitors to Israel uh, because there they have the translation in, in to English uh, because they're their services, their church services are in Hebrew, so it's kind of difficult for visitors to do that. So they have weekly meetings. So he says, this young man uh, comes up to me after one of these uh, meetings and says, hey, will you pray for me? And so Asher said, yeah, sure. And he prayed for him. And he said, hey, where are you from? He said, Indonesia. He said, oh, well, uh, that's a largely Muslim country. So how did you get saved? And he said, well, actually, uh, my parents are saved. I was raised in a believing family. And in fact, my dad's a pastor. And so Asher says, oh, okay, well, uh, what about your church? You know, how large is your, is your father's church? And he said, oh, it's about 250,000 or, you know, over to, and Asher's like, he said, honestly, sometimes I'm like, I, I go and look things up because they're so hard to believe. So he got the name and everything. And, um, and, and sure enough, he looked it up and there's, it, it's true. There's the, a huge church in Indonesia, and he, the, you know, the son's name, father's name, and all that. And uh, so he said, my goodness. Well, as it turns out, the, the son went back to the, the church, and they worked things out and, and invited Asher to come and speak at the Indonesian church. So he accepted the invitation. He was there, but he didn't really know the history of the church at that time. 
and um, the uh, husband, who is the pastor, and his wife came and introduced themselves, and they walked on, and the guy sitting next to him said, actually, you see the pastor's wife? She's the reason that all this exists, and he said, well, tell me the story, and uh, so as it turns out, This woman uh, was paralyzed. She had some kind of debilitating condition. She hadn't always been that way, but she was in a wheelchair, could not walk, um, and had a friend who was a believer and invited her to come to uh, a meeting. And she uh, was lonely and, um, you know, in a, a place in her life and couldn't walk and was always home and everything. Said, yeah, I'd like to do that. She went to the meeting, and there was worship, and she felt the, the power of God, and she just loved the music, loved the worship. And she said, well, I want to come back. So she goes back again, and um, uh, is, during worship, she uh, starts to lift her hands, and she's in a wheelchair. She can't walk. She lifts her hands, and everyone begins to stand up and praise Jesus, and she just, she said, I just... I was lifting my hands, and I just I just looked down at my legs and said, I'm going to get up. And just, she just stood up. And all of a sudden, she felt this all this strength come all over her body. And she had not been walking for years. All right. Yeah. So, so she goes home to her husband, who's now the pastor of this large, large church, who is a Muslim. In fact, he is a, a leader in the government. He... Uh, advised the president of Indonesia about Muslim affairs. That was his uh, title. And so she goes home. She walks in the door, and her friend's behind her with the wheelchair. And he said, what, ha- what in the world happened to you? And, uh, he said, and she says, well, um, Jesus healed me. And he said, Jesus? And she said, yes, Jesus healed me. <laughs> And he's like, no, you, no, this, this cannot be. And he's, he's like, you can't say anything about this. I'm happy this has happened to you, uh, but this is not going to affect our lives. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've got a job (laughs) that is related to another religion, (laughs) you know, but anyway, so it it was a, a huge conflict between them. And in fact, uh, uh, she said, no, I mean, Jesus healed me. He's real. You know, Jesus is the Christ and all this kind of stuff. He's like, no. Um, so he basically refused for her to be a Christian. He said, this is not going to happen. And uh, it got to the point that he refused for her to leave their house. In fact, he locked her in uh, the bathroom. He locked her in a bathroom um, for several days, gave her food and water, but was basically saying, this, I'm not going to, we are not going to become believers, and this is the, the, the way I'm resisting it. And um, so on the eighth day of her being locked in the bathroom and refusing to give up her faith, he had a dream. And in the dream, uh, Jesus appeared to him, this man in white appeared to this man in the dream and said, if you don't let your wife out of the bathroom, if you don't let her believe in me, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and he, <laughs> the next morning, he let his wife out of, out of the bathroom. He opened the door and said, come out. 
and he resigned his position, and they are the pastors of that huge church. Yeah. Yeah. That is a first-hand account. I mean, Asher heard this from the man in Indonesia, and he then spoke and, and all that kind of thing. So praise God. <laughs> Like politically incorrect on about a hundred levels, but uh, <laughs> but it's not incorrect with Jesus, amen. <laughs> about locking and oh, doing okay. all that. That's praise God. Rachel, can you come up? Worship team, would you come up? We're gonna pray in a in a, a little bit. I'd like to ask my son uh, to pray uh, for us in these three areas. Because um, I think it's good when you hear about three prayer points, it's good for us to pray those points too, right? Right? We good? We good on that? Yeah. Okay. So we'll do that uh, as the worship team comes up. But I want to uh, put up a slide here. If 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 you're here today, um, I just I think that there, anytime there's a meeting, a gathering of believers, people are at one of four places, and I just like you to kind of take a mental check. Check the box that you're in. You can start playing if you would. You know, mate, you're here and you're already, A, you're already in a real relationship with Jesus. You know the Lord. You walk with the Lord. You're here today to be fed uh, the scripture and to be encouraged. Uh, but maybe you're here and just, I'm not going to pressure anybody or anything, just but think it through. Maybe you're B. Maybe you're, be, you're beginning a real relationship with Jesus. You're here and you want to begin that process. Maybe you're C. Maybe you'd, you'd like to still consider it a bit more. You're here. And maybe, maybe in the future as you invite people. You know, I, I'd love to see, a look out on a Sunday and see a number of people who are going, you know, I'm considering but they still feel comfortable being here. Yeah. You see, maybe that's where you are. Maybe, maybe you're here or maybe you bring someone and they're, they're a D. I don't ever intend on making that decision. Well, you know, if, they, you know if, they, if you don't intend on it, that doesn't mean we're not gonna still pray for you, right, and still love you. So if you're, if you're here on the, on the B, I just wanna pray a, a quick prayer for you and then have Kyle come up. Um, you're, you're saying, I'm, I've been to church, maybe. I've been to church. I understand how this all works, but I want to begin a real relationship. I mean, what Suzanne shared, talk about a real encounter. You can't have a church of 250,000 and not have the pastors be, have the pastors, the, the husband and wife be really encountering the Lord. That's a real relationship. My son, my daughter have real daughter-in-law, real relationships with Jesus. So Father, I just pray for anyone here today who, um, who today's a day where you, you're saying, I really want to know Jesus as a friend. I want, I want him to say, dear friend. I, I, I admit that I've sinned. I admit I need forgiveness. I, I come to you and I ask you, Lord, Come into my heart to take over my life. Let's get to know each other. I give you my life.
you prayed that prayer, you just you're starting out. Just feel free to come up and talk later, or just uh, go home and process more. And um, we've got Bibles here if you want one to start reading on that. Um, but I'm believing more and more in this area. People are gonna go from from uh, D and C to B. Would you stand up to your feet? Kyle, would you come on up and share? I think Kyle whispered in my ear he has a token, another token back on the, the second one of that our faith wouldn't fail. And we're going to close with this. And after we, you pray, we'll have our prayer teams up here if you have anything specific you'd like, you'd like prayed for. Amen. Yeah, and actually, I was thinking more about it. it. It bridges all three of the prayer points together really beautifully. And... Uh, we're really, the, the church is, is nothing without God's power. It's, it can just be nice psychological, moral teachings, but that's nothing without the power of God because we need the power of God to live a holy life and to transport that power to other people, to live overcoming, victorious, dread champion lives. And the, the church was birthed because of the power of God. It's only sustained through the power of God. My life, the only reason I'm here is because of the very real power of God. Um, and that's the story I'm going to share, the, the token that was just burning so much. I had to, almost was going to get up here and take the mic off his ear. But thankfully he's my dad, so we can rest, wrestle it out later. Um, so it was December 25th. 2012 uh, Christmas Day come off the heels of two years of alcohol addiction where I drink all day every day and was in a hospital here from December 12th to uh, the 15th and then from the 15th to the 24th they put I was in a uh, psychological ward because of the damage that it had done to my psyche of course alcohol that that much and so I didn't know what reality was and I'd had a near-death experience and so I was just I was in the twilight zone <laughs> and so I was in downtown Austin in a psych ward with like legitimately crazy people who've been there for 30 years and I don't know what's real there's many testimonies from that but um, I was sent to a, a outpatient or sorry an inpatient rehab facility which was like a normal place to be which is a huge step for me to even be there so soon after um, not drinking 10 days and even getting me there was a miracle I got there Christmas Eve uh, didn't sleep at all that first night just because my body was a haywire got up on Christmas Day I'm in rehab on Christmas Day totally alone like spirit of fear all over me I was shaking thinking like where am I the most fearful place in the world so literally at my lowest the second prayer point was pray for tokens that your faith would fail not my faith was the the smallest of mustard seeds because of the bible verse I had seen written on a wall 15, or 12 days before but it was there very very small um, it's about the sun's going down so probably about five o'clock there and Hunt, Texas, just outside of Kerrville. And I just remember being so fearful just to, just about to give up. I didn't even know what to give up because I didn't feel like I had anything. 
just the lowest of low. And I get a phone call in my little room. And it's the uh, the lady who, I guess, checks in visitors and says, you have a visitor. And it was literally a phone call from heaven. It was my dad had driven up. He's like, I'm not going to let, you know, my son be alone on Christmas Day. And he brought me socks and whatever grandmas get you on Christmas Day. It wasn't much. <laughs> but that was my token. I was literally I was like, God, this is, you know so fearful and he, but he took me into the little conference room in a little uh, kind of like a summer camp feel was a rehab and he prayed deliverance prayers just what I prayed earlier he prayed that spirits that were getting me to f- be so fearful and <laughs> want to give up and just not want to live he, he literally prayed deliverance prayers and I smelled this was the, the power of God matching the token eventually raising me up to then raise up younger dread champions like Sam Self. Um, I smelt burning things like in that room. Truly, I was like, what do you smell that? And you remember that? And uh, there was nothing burning. There was no log fire or anything, but it was strong for like five minutes. Things were burning. And my only thought was those spirits were being burned up and the Lord was showing me that they're not, they have no power over you anymore. And so obviously I've stepped in more and more freedom but it was only the power of God through a token that would get me to a place now where I can pour into a Sam Self or to a Coach Jacobs or other people to raise them up to be dread champions in their own right. And so we need the power of God. I even just want to invite, if, if you want to make a step of faith, because that is the unto of these three prayers, is to receive the power of God. If you want that effective, a greater level of that effective Christian life where you can take a broken 23-year-old into a conference room and he smells something burning. (laughs) Or you can uh, be in a worship service or you can see someone stand up out of a wheelchair and just be completely on fire for the Lord. I want that for everyone here. I want a church with power that's gonna demonstrate the real Jesus. And I know that's what we're, we're here for. So if you wanna make a step of faith, you say, I want that power in my life. I want to see people free. I just want you to line this altar right here. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, for everyone making this step. I thank you, uh, just their courage, Lord. I thank you for the insight that it takes courage for any of your gifts to flow through us, Lord. So I pray for a fresh batch of courage into every heart like King David he knew the Lord was on his side Lord I pray for this whole altar Lord that courage would be filling their hearts right now they would see themselves in the battle they would see themselves as dread champions Lord no matter the age Lord I pray for the older generation above 35 that you would start to highlight young people give them favor with young people doesn't have to look flashy, but faithful love and prayers for young people, Lord. Put those in their hearts right now even. Give them the courage to step out. Say, hey, would you like to meet up? Hey, are you, do you want more of God? I can help you. I'm not perfect, but I can help you. Lord, give the older generation courage to raise up the next generation of dread champions, Lord.
Lord, I thank you for your prayer for Peter. And I repeat your prayer for everyone on this altar and everyone in this room and everyone listening. I repeat your prayer for Peter that their faith would fail not. Hear Jesus saying to you, I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And when you have returned, strengthen your brethren. I pray for strengthening of the circle of influence around each one of these people as you give them a token like you gave me on Christmas Day in 2012. Thank you for releasing tokens at our lowest moments to then be strengthening people around us, Lord. Lord, I thank you for power. I thank you for the unto of this whole message, that power would be released on the church, Lord, that a Gavin, an eighth grader, would be radically healed in his shoulder, that he could actually go and try out for the United States baseball team and be an influence to the whole country. (laughs) Say, why are you throwing so well? I thought you were in. No, Jesus healed my shoulder. Jesus healed my shoulder for a testimony in Lake Travis and the United States, Lord. And for anyone who knows someone like a Gavin who needs healing, Lord, we love you. We love what you do when you, when you walk into a room. We love that you burn up our enemies. And we love that you cause lame people to walk. Thank you for dread champions, for faith failing not in our lives and for power through our lives as we step out in courage. So as we sing to you, Lord, fill us with courage in Jesus' name.